Hey everybody, welcome back to the Journey of Life podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about autism and how I grew up living with a brother with autism. Uh, I apologize for the uh, slightly longer hiatus than usual between episodes, given that it was a little over a week. Um, I was coming down with some sort of usual winter cold last week, also potentially dealing with some side effects from uh, antibiotic regimen that I've started um, to kind of work on treating things like Lyme disease. Uh, I will get into that more when I get into the uh, ALS episodes, but definitely uh, keep you posted from that standpoint. Anyway, so like I said, today we're going to focus mainly on, you know, kind of development of growing up with my brother and, you know, kind of how that shaped me into the person I am today. (laughs) Just, uh, I always plan on kind of doing like a little bit of an outline or like writing some notes down before I kind of jump into these. And... I always have some ideas I want to jot down, like, you know, on a notebook or on Google Doc, just so I have something to kind of reference. But here I am going at it again without really doing that. So (laughs) this is kind of just a stream of consciousness sort of effort. I feel like it's, you know, a little more uh, realistic and kind of just me just telling you exactly how it is. But also, I like to be organized and not scatterbrained and having awkward pauses and stammers throughout the episode too. So I'll try to keep that to a minimum. Um, So anyway, autism. So I'm sure most of the listeners have at least, you know, heard of autism, you know, or know some things about it. It's become... So very prevalent in our world today. And, you know, it continues to be growing, actually. Um, I was looking at a few different statistics here. I'm going to pull one up from the CDC real quick. Let me see. Um, It was just kind of looking at... The most recent year they have is 2020. And according to this... The chance of having autism or the prevalence of having it was, I believe, let me see, this doesn't want to scroll over, does it? A 1 in 36 chance, I believe, let me see. Sorry about that. Yeah, 1 in, okay, 1 in 36 children in the United States, um, Currently, or, you know, within the last couple of years, have been diagnosed with autism. Uh, back when my brother was diagnosed in the uh, 1990s, you know, autism wasn't nearly well, as much well known back then. It was kind of much more of a, you know, mysterious and, un, you know, people were unaware of what it really was. And I know the prevalence rate, I apologize for this. I don't know why it's not working here. What I'm trying to get at is the prevalence rate was much, much 
lower back in the 90s and now it's 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 essentially skyrocketed up to, you know like i said one in every 36 children you know are being diagnosed with autism you know now compared to i believe it was at least one in 100 or one in 90 back in the night in 1990 so it's prevalence has gone way way up and um, it could be because of uh, environmental things. It could be better diagnosis techniques. It could be overdiagnosis. That that in itself is a whole nother lecture entirely. You know, that we could spend the whole episode, you know, going into that. Um, but back, you know, when my brother was diagnosed, I, I don't know the specifics um, in terms of what year exactly. You know, he was definitely it was definitely before five years old. Um, I remember my mom telling me, you know, one of the first doctors, and this just goes to show how far we've come as a society with, you know, understanding autism and treating it and, you know, knowing the capabilities with these individuals. But, you know, back then, again, like I said, 1990s, in retrospect, certainly not long ago um but anyway a dog one of the first doctors that my mom took my brother to essentially just said that uh, my brother is gonna just spend his life in some sort of like state hospital residential sort of area and that's it and just kind of write him off and you know that's the way it is and you know how ridiculous and disgusting that is that was kind of the that was the level of knowledge that people had at the times in in a lot of ways which is you know compared to where we are now it's disturbing but that was kind of the uh, you know stat, almost the status quo kind of the normal back then obviously my mom would never never listen to that and you know and my brother is actually you know, being is very successful now and works three different jobs. Um, that was kind of where we were at back then with um, everything regarding autism. So, you know, with, you know, my brother, I, I don't remember, I don't have specific early, early, like really early memories. I have faint like memories of when um, you know, I might have been, couple years old and remembering my aunt or uncle or my grandmother and being at my house and you know me finding out that I was gonna have a baby brother uh, I, I I remember I have little faint chunks of that if I really think about it but that's about it um, you know, when you know when he first you know first couple years you know I don't think initially there was you know, or at least the first year or two, there wasn't like any, you know, crazy major concern. And again, this is, you know, not, I don't really, I'm not recalling any of this because I was too young at the time, but just based off what of what I know from what my parents have told me, um, you know, the first year or so, it, you know, again, the signs are, can be subtle. We, we, you know, know kind of the signs more now for autism. But, uh, you know, I just kind of remember growing up and being, you know, a little kid, you know, and I had, you know, my brother, again, my brother with autism is 
my middle brother, and then I have a younger one who does not have autism, the youngest one who does not have autism. Um, but I kind of just remember growing up with both of them and, you know, just kind of doing what, you know, little kids, you know, little kids do growing up and playing and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't really have any real remembrance of being like, oh, something seems different with him and all that sort of stuff. You know, it was just kind of like we were brothers and we'd hang out and have fun and all that kind of stuff. I guess, you know, I I first kind of remember maybe, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, age, somewhere around that for me, you know, that maybe I first started to understand that maybe things were a little different with my brother and I was a little slightly more aware of it because, you know, I would start to, you know, I had friends or we had like birthday parties or whatever and, you know, I would see their siblings and how they would be and then I would, you know, see my brother and, and you know, how he would be and, you know, wouldn't be talking like... Um, my friends' brothers or sisters would be, and all that sort of thing. So, I think I first started that's you know, I first started being a little bit more noticeable when I was becoming a little more aware of it. Then, again, still not fully grasping, you know, all the concepts of it, obviously, but you know, I that's kind of probably when it was first started to become aware for me. Um, you know, I I remember, you know, as I got to be more, you know, into like early teenage years, I I felt that I was, you know, you know, I felt, you know, at that point I definitely knew, you know, I kind of had a different situation with my, you know, with one of my siblings, one of a different kind of relationship. I mean, obviously still my brother regardless, uh, just like my youngest brother, but, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't interact in the same way that I could with my, you know, compared to my youngest brother or like my friends or whatever. And, you know, it definitely created, obviously it created a, a different dynamic for sure. No, they could definitely affected and altered me and kind of my development and my psyche, you know, and not even, at that point, I wasn't even aware that it was affecting me, you know, from a mental standpoint or anything. And it just, it just does. It just does without you even happening or being aware of it. You're too young to even know that it's happening to you. Um, but I remember, and again, one of the main reasons, you know, I wanted to start a podcast like this, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the main reasons I wanted to start a podcast like this was, you know, I, one of the biggest things I remember is, I, you know, as I became a teenager and older and, you know, I didn't, there was not that many, obviously, you know, not that many people I knew that had, or really hardly anyone I knew that had a brother or sister with a, you know, major disability. So I always kind of felt like, you know, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it other than my youngest brother as we both lived in the situation, you know, we could kind of, you know, we could kind of, um, you know, confide, confide in each other, so to speak. But, you know, back then being younger, we didn't do that as much. It's kind of just something more. We just kept quiet. And um, I remember, like I said, I remember just feeling like I didn't, 
really know how to, you know, kind of express those emotions I had, you know, some, be, you know, a lot of it being like sadness and, you know, confusion and certainly, for, you know, some frustration and not understanding to the situation and why, why, you know, feeling did one of the biggest things like kind of feeling different, you know, feeling like, oh, why, you know, I've all my friends and their families can go out and do X, Y, Z, go out to dinner, go out to parties, go out to whatever. And, you know, at that time, you know, my brother wasn't able to, you know, sit through things. So he would be restless and get up and yell and, you know, stuff like that. So it really wasn't possible for us to do kind of the quote-unquote more traditional family outings, like going out to dinner or going to a, a school function or, you know, a soccer game, whatever. So that definitely kind of, you know, created a whole dynamic and kind of, you know, affected me. And I really know how to express all those emotions I had, and I kind of just kind of kept them all pent up inside of myself. And that's uh, <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, what, you know, kind of started, you know, an ongoing evolution to me, you know, always kind of keeping a lot of my feelings kind of like internalized and not really talking to them about with, you know, talking to them with people, you know, keeping things inside of me too much. But yeah, you know, I, my mom, I know at one point my mom did take and this was probably around me being like, a, you know, preteen, maybe, you know, 12 or 13-ish. And my youngest brother being five years younger than me. You know, we both went to, there was a, my mom, my mom took us to a sort of a, it's, it was like a camp or like a couple weeks in the summer where like you would get, it was four people siblings that had somebody that had a disability you know, like autism or Down syndrome or something else. And I do remember that being, you know, kind of, you know, that was nice. That was helpful a little bit, but it was more like, you know, it was not as much like, you know, they would, you know, we would have teachers or people that would try to guide us through conversations and stuff and help us to express our feelings. But everyone's being a little too young. You kind of just more... Um, we just kind of played and had fun, which is good because you needed almost like kind of a break from the, you know, different lifestyle and just to have more of that traditional growing up experience and playing on a playground or playing kickball or whatever. So, that, I mean, that was that was helpful and that was that was nice. But obviously that didn't last for a super long time. And like I said, you know, I... I continue to just kind of have all these feelings of sadness, feeling different, you know, feeling kind of, you know, confused or, you know, unsure of the future. And, you know, I carry that into right into middle school and high school very much so, um, you know, because like I kind of alluded to last episode, it those sorts of things really kind of took hold of me and affected my ability to kind of 
form more friendships with people and, you know, do the more, you know, do more traditional things like doing more sports or, you know, playing, go, trying out for an instrument or do, you know, just doing extracurricular activities. Um, I, I kind of had as you know, again, alluding to from last episode, I kind of had a, almost a sense of guilt, so to speak, or like, you know, a sense of guilt that I shouldn't be doing, you know, too many typical sorts of things because I feel like I need to take care of my brother, you know, because I almost, I adopted that kind of parental role. Again, you know, I was not forced into that parental role, but in a way I kind of just, it kind of just gets put on you and that kind of made me not want to do as much from a, you know, traditional, typical standpoint of, you know, going on dates, uh, trying out, you know, different things, you know, making more friends, going to parties, going to school dances, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I did not do much of that because I would always have that sense of guilt and be like, oh, I should be home. I should be with my family, I should be taking care of my brother, um, and that sort of thing. So that definitely, you know, at the time, I, I, you know, my, I, I know my parents tried to encourage me to do do things, but you know, I was kind of would be pretty persistent about just adopting this this kind of parental role and. You know, at the time, you know, certainly not realizing that you know some of these things were, you know are all parts of development and, you know, the way I developed kind of, you know, changed my brain chemistry a bit and kind of made me, you know, morph me into a certain way. That's, you know, I'm, you know, partly the way I am now because of that whole situation and, you know, what, you know, missing out on certain things, you know, or doing things, you know, trying to go back in time to catch up on things that I should have did. 10 or 15 years ago because, you know, you didn't do them, you know, you, it just, there are things are, you know, developmental stages and sequences happen for a reason and, you know, at a certain time and when you don't do them, you know, they can have at times adverse effects. I mean, not always, but in, you know, some situations and I will, you know, say for me personally, there were some adverse effects that, um, it kind of, uh, you know, kind of imploded on me for not doing some more of those, some more of those things that I probably should have done growing up. Um, and I'm not sure if anyone else, you know, I certainly am not going to speak for my youngest brother. I'm, I would love to get him on here to talk uh, one of these episodes. We could have a little uh, discussion or I would like to get his point of view on things too. Um, so I'm not going to certainly speak for him, but you know, other people that are listening or, you know, anyone out there, you know, people that have had, you know, have siblings with disabilities. And, you know, I, I was, you know, felt like, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe some people have some similar situations as, as like I did, um, I didn't really mention either. I meant to mention this previously or earlier, but yeah, my brother, you know, like I said, autism is a 
spectrum disorder, you know, pervasive developmental disorder. So spectrum being there's a whole range of mild to, you know, mild being the more like Asperger's type uh, to more the severe end of nonverbal. And, you know, my brother was kind of more in that moderate. I don't think I'd call him severe, but, you know, more in the, you know, lower end of moderate or a higher end of moderate, however you want to put it. But I mean, especially when he was younger, he didn't, you know, he did not talk that much. Um, you know, he required a lot of assistance, almost total assistance with all sorts of activities of daily living, you know, going from, you know, bathroom, showering, dressing, you know, opening the getting opening the door certainly you know going outside and crossing streets i mean literally everything because you know you just you just didn't know if you know he would understand to stop for a car or things like that and um you know i took a lot of those roles on you know early like as a teenager i i would help him get ready in the mornings at times or and the evenings or help him get ready for bed and I'm doing stuff that, you know, in most, you know, your traditional, typical teenager wouldn't be doing, but, like, I was doing all that, and that was just, like, the norm, the norm for me. Um, and it kind of, you know, it set me in a kind of, you know, a certain, a serious sort of tone that, you know, serious parental tone and, you know, a, a guilty sort of conscious being, like, oh, I, I shouldn't be doing this because I should be, you know, around or I shouldn't be goofing off or laughing or doing stuff because I should be serious and be, you know, because of everything, because of, you know, having to deal with the situation. Like, I wouldn't let myself just relax and have fun. I kind of kept myself in a very serious sort of stressful stressed sympathetic sort of um, state a lot of the time which um, I will certainly get back to that more <laughs> regarding that whole sympathetic um, effect you know fight or flight response and just being stressed constantly because um, that clearly has had a major effect on my life with a lot of things um, you know I was like I said, I really struggled a lot in middle school and high school with all that, um, very much so. You know, didn't, there's a lot of things that I did not do um, that I kind of like skipped out on and, you know, kind of, again, took on was more the parent, did the more parental role sort of thing, like I said. Um, I, again, I was able to kind of get them, you know, like I said, I started um, community college and then actually they go, you know, get in the undergraduate and then they get into physical therapy school. So I kind of had, I had that to kind of keep me, steer me in the, you know, in a future direction, which, which was good because, you know, I, you know, as much as I loved, you know, being at home and being, you know, around with my family and being able to help out, like, I wasn't letting myself, you know, grow up right. I wasn't letting myself kind of break away and develop my own identity in my own life as well. You know, I had to kind of have some sort of goal as to be able to 
strive for something. And, you know, for me, that was, I, I was, you know, thankfully able to, you know, have the gumption and the determination to go to school and get a bachelor's degree and then go on to get a, you know, physical therapy, a doctorate of physical therapy degree as well. Um, but again, I, even through that, I was still always kind of had, you know, was felt a little guilty, you know, that I was doing things and would try to, you know, come home as often as I could on the weekends and, you know, I, you know, dating people, which I, you know, you know, dating people at the time, it was always, always conflicted with spending time with them versus spending time, you know, at home and helping out with my brother and just being around with my family. Um, so again, all those sorts of things just continue to kind of think, you know, I was able to do a little bit more. I did break away some, but I was still very much kind of intertwined and enmeshed with that whole sort of complex and dynamic of, you know, I feeling guilty that, I, you know, should be with my family more and like take care of them and that sort of thing. Um, so I kind of, you know, I, I was able to, again, graduate and like get a job and I did move, you know, part of the reason I, you know, I was moved a little further away, I think was, you know, just to kind of help keep, you know, break myself away a little bit, just so I had a little space to be able to kind of continue to develop myself. Um, I didn't want to move, you know, move right next door. And then suddenly I'm like still doing the same things over and over again. And, you know, not, not further developing myself, you know, so that's why I kind of, I moved a little further away and, you know, not super far, like an hour and a half, but far enough away that it kind of made me, you know, forced me to become a little more independent and do my own thing a little bit more. And I was able to, you know, I'm very self-reliant. Um, I was able to do lots of, you know, things and be able to take care of myself and do what I need, needed to do from day to day. But you know, I always kind of, again, would be thinking about my family often and, you know, which is fine, but at times it would still probably keep me from doing certain things or would distract me from other things that, you know, which could be a little bit counter counterproductive at times for me. Uh, you know, I... All, you know, autism is a, is a very fascinating and intriguing thing is, you know, people sometimes don't make any improvements and they kind of go to a certain point and, and that's kind of just where they stay. And other times, you know, they can make little improvements. And for, you know, for my brother, he's actually, you know, I would say he's been making you know, little improvements and, you know, doing things now that, you know, he just turned, he just turned 30 years old, but he's doing some things now that even, you know, three, four, five years ago, I 
wouldn't, I would not have seen him be able to do. You know, he would, he's been showing some more, you know, initiative with, with things, showing some more empathy with things, talking more, um, eating some more foods because he's usually always been a very, very rigid eater, as a lot of people with autism often are. Um, but like I said earlier, he's working, you know, he's, thankfully my, my family was able to get him into, uh, a school in Hershey called the Vista, the Vista school. And, um, you know, they've been, they were wonderful. Now when he would got in there and, you know, started going there when he was younger and, you know, they really helped him a lot with different things and developing and, writing and reading and doing some, you know, more things for himself. And now he kind of is still with that same network, but they just have more of the adult, the adult side of the adult service side of it. And, um, yeah, he's, he's doing very well with that. And, you know, they have him going to, you know, three different jobs and, um, he's been very successful with all of them. And, um, I'm, excuse me, I am incredibly proud of him with everything that he's done. You know, he's accomplished so much and uh, I'm just just incredibly proud of him for everything he's been able to do. And, you know, and he seems very happy and content. Um, another thing is, yeah, my brother is very... One one thing we're all very thankful for, he's, you know, he's very mild-mannered and composed most of the time, which is another great thing. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people with autism, you know, and I've, I've met and know a lot of individuals with autism and several, many of them I've met, you know, as adults, unfortunately, they can if they're more in the severe end, can be, you know, at times very, you know, loud, combative, aggressive, and it can be just a horrible, very tough situation for the families and everybody else. And, you know, it's, and it's just, I've seen, I've seen those situations and I, and I give all, all my, Praise to the families and, you know, all my, everything I have in terms of my, you know, my support to those people because it's, it's tough. It's tough on the parents. It's tough on the siblings. It's, it's not an easy thing. Um, but we're certainly very thankful that my brother is. You know, he does not, he does not aggress, he's not an aggressive individual. He's, he's a sweetheart and uh, very mild-mannered. And no, we're very thankful for that. Um, and kind of, you know, where I'm at now with everything, you know, I, and, you know, with my, uh, my own diagnosis and my own issues that I've kind of developed and have, you know, become now kind of the major focus of of my life. You know, I, you know, I still, I still, you know, want to be around to help as much as I can for my brother and be supportive and, you know, 
but I, you know, I have, I have faith that he's doing, you know, he's in a, he's, he's going to be fine and, um, still living it at, you know, my parents' house for now. I know eventually he'll be transitioning into some sort of, um, other living arrangement, likely with other people from, you know, that he knows from the adult Vista pro the adult Vista program. And, um, you know, that is a little worrisome, you know, for my whole family, just, you know, knowing that he won't be at home. But I mean, that's something that, you know, needs to happen and will happen here in the upcoming, you know, years. Um, obviously, with my situation and, you know, my prognosis of life and all those sorts of things, I'm not really sure where I'm going to be and, you know, Heck, I don't even know where I'm going to be in a couple months, let alone a year or two from now. Um, so knowing that and knowing that I, you know, I want to be there, to, you know, be able to help him with things. And it's it's tough. Even now, I, I find myself struggling to be able to, you know, try to figure out. How, you know, you know, if I want to be a supportive piece for him, but I can't, you know, I'm physically losing function for myself. It's, 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 it's incredibly tough. And, um, I often find myself sitting around and thinking about it and have to kind of have to redirect myself because if I think about it too much, it just becomes overwhelming and detrimental for me. And I, I, at this point, for God, God's sakes, <laughs> I don't need any bit. I don't need any more of that. Um, I need to try to be staying positive and hopeful with everything, and try not to let the negative thoughts and feelings consume and take me over as they they so easily can and have in the past. Um, you know, I kind of wrapping up here. I. You know, I I want to make sure that, you know, people listening, you know, if you have questions or if you have any other, your own personal experiences, you know, re reach out to me, you know, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, you know, if you're somebody that, you know, is a sibling of somebody with, you know, brother or sister with a disability, you know, and, you know, you... I want this to be, you know, I this be an outlet or support piece because it's not, it's not, it's, it is an incredibly difficult thing to navigate and to be able to kind of, you know, convey your feelings and understand your feelings and, you know, kind of just be able to, you know, make sense of it all and not just compartmentalize and, and you know and you know and kind of internalize everything because trust me I've I've been doing that for all my life and it's <laughs> clearly backfired on me for the most part so I I don't want people to feel like they're alone and you know regarding these sorts of things so anyone that you know feels that they you know reach out and you know, I'm always happy to talk to people regarding, you know, these sorts of situations because they're not easy. And, you know, 
you know, people adopt those parental roles with their brothers or sisters anyway, you know, even if they are typically developing normally and don't have have issues, you know, you you, like, you take care of your family. I mean, that's what it's about, but it makes it all the more all the more serious and challenging when you have somebody who is requires a more help and reliance and from other people and it's not as independent as someone who is you know typically developing normally and that sort of thing so um i might i might extend over to another episode regarding this a little bit um a few more points i do want to make but here i am (laughs) coming up i want to i want to wrap it up here i'm wrapping i'm coming up on 40 minutes again so i Again, I don't want to go any longer than that. Um, but I'm going to kind of transition, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit more discussion of this, but I'm going to transition also next episode to talking more about, you know, our uh, our baby, Emery Kate, you know, her one week of life and kind of, you know, the little bit more details of le- the moments leading up to that and the week of and the moments after after her her passing, because um, that's another very, you know, sensitive topic. And I, I know I've heard from some people who reach out to me that, you know, it's happened to people and it's not something people like to discuss. I mean, you know, you see social media posts of babies being born and healthy all the time. And, and that's amazing and wonderful. But, you know, people, you know, I think it's, Babies dying, it happens more often than people think because, I mean, just people just obviously aren't going to be sharing that in the same way they'd be sharing, you know, a typical healthy baby, you know, being born and all that sort of thing. So, again, another big area to discuss for next uh, episode, which I will try try to get out, you know, maybe even this week. But, you know, I'm going to, like I said, try to aim for at least one episode a week here. Um, and then, you know, after that, we'll transition, you know, a lot more into the whole ALS side of things, which will probably be uh, several episodes just based on, you know, how I my diagnosis developed and then what things I've been doing to combat, combat it and all that. And yeah, so we got a lot to talk about. And, um, you know, again, I want to thank everybody for the support and uh, for reaching out. And for the listeners and followers, um, keep spreading the word around. Um, I'm still working on getting other platforms up and running and, you know, trying to do some more editing with these podcasts. Um, You know, I'm trying to, you know, work on all that as I'm going along here, too. All this is still kind of new to me, but... I'm glad people are finding this informative and helpful. And like I said, reach out to me with any questions, comments, whatever. Um, I want to be a support piece for people. Uh, to me, that's that's therapeutic and it helps me just as much as it helps you. So um, with that being said, let's uh, wrap it up here. And uh, thank you all for listening. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again here soon. Have a good day. Take care.